Do you want to feel happier? Do you want to feel more radiant and more alive? Or to go beyond alive and truly feel like you are thriving? That's what I'm here for. Helping you find that best you that you know is in there. It is. And you can start accessing that you today. It's possible. If you're ready for a shortcut to just that, let's work together. Reach out and let's work one-on-one -on -one to transform you and your life into happy, into thriving. Reach out to me and book a quick call. It's in the show notes and let's get you there. Are you really committed and ready? Then let's do it. Personally, I'm the happiest I've ever been thanks to all the practices that I've made a part of my life. You can be too. It is here for you. I promise. You can also access my course, The Youthfulness Hack, which is all about feeling good and getting radiant and all the things I do concentrated in one spot. Go there today and use code AMY15 for 15% off right now, only for listeners of this show. And if you are truly ready to have accountability and live happy, book a call with me today. The world needs your best. You deserve your best. Hello, and welcome to The Amy Edwards Show. I am your host, Amy Edwards, and we are here to uplevel our lives and find that next best version of us in this very moment. And I'm so excited to do this with you today because we're a little sex jaunt, but I don't really want to call it sex. It's maybe erotic energy and channeling that to make our lives more pleasurable and make us happier. And you know, I've talked about this in the past quite a bit. So we're going to delve into that a little more today with this epic guest that we have. A little business up top, rate, review, subscribe if you haven't yet. And my newsletter comes to you every week. If you haven't signed up for that, you can do it on my website, amyedwards.com or on my link in bio, which has everything on it, amyedwards.info. And that's like in my Instagram bio and everything. So as you may know, there's like a whole like list of all the shows that are the latest releases and anything else that you might desire, including my courses, which are out now. So, okay. If you can't tell, I'm kind of rushing through this. I don't know. I've been like out of breath since we walked up the stairs. I'm not sure why it's the heat or something. Excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I am excited. <laughs> and, you know, as I was describing this to our guest today, Leola, the Tantra, oh, her Royal Highness, I guess I should. I, I put down, <laughs> I'm joking. I put down your preferred pronouns and you're like, um, queen. And I'm like, I'm here for that completely. But you are a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and a, a Tantra, I don't know, specialist? You're not sure. Practitioner. Practitioner. Yes. Tantrika. Yes. Yeah. Tantrika. That's right. I love that word. Yeah. And as I was telling you what the show's about a little bit more in depth just a few minutes ago, you were like, that's very Tantra. So why is that very Tantra when I say, you know, we're about accessing our best self and our happiest self? I guess best. I, I don't know if I like using that word so much, but our happiest and most alive self in this very moment. Yes. Why is that tantric? Yeah. So I like to just start by giving the definition of the word. Fabulous. So tantra is a Sanskrit word, which is Sanskrit is this ancient Indian language in which many religious and spiritual texts were written. And tantra is actually two words kind of put together. So tan means to expand and tra means to liberate. So to live a tantric life is to live this life that is expansive and juicy and is really tapping into your higher self. And so many people, especially in the Western world, really eroticize Tantra. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because 
starting at our turn on, starting at that energy that brought us into the world can be very powerful because if it's the energy that brought us into the world, all of us and all plants and animals, the foods we eat, when we start with that energy of sexuality, it really can ripple out and touch every part of our lives. And so my work revolves around helping people get in touch with that energy. So it's not just sexual. We become turned on by life itself. I mean, that's what I've understood Tantra to mean is like yeah. basically everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, which trips me out a little bit because we do for some reason think about, you know, sting or, you know, like this. Yeah. These people that we've heard about that are practicing tantric sexual, I don't know, positions or. Yes. Which I recently practice. learned sting does the tongue out thing, which is what? Like, doesn't he do like that? Uh, I don't know. Thing? I don't know. Maybe it's not sting. It's some rock star. But he does that face like the tongue out, which is actually a reference to the goddess Kali, who is a tantric goddess as well. So it's like super interesting how this work has woven its way into the Western world and mainstream. How'd you even get into this? Because you're pretty young. How old are you? I turned 30 this year. I'm oh, 29 right now. I'm looking very youthful. Thank you. Looking good. It's, you're welcome. It's, it's the Tantra. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. It's you're, that's thing. right. Yeah. That's I look at like all the people that I know that work in this mm -hmm. space professionally. It's like we all look very good. <laughs> So this is the trick, like so, everybody, this is the trick. I, I believe it because yeah. it's life force energy and you're right. channeling that and you're being present with it and you're moving it. And to me, that is the fountain of youth in a way. I agree. I agree. So how'd you get to this? Like what? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your story because I don't really know much about your story. I know you because you were mentioned on the episode with Bertini Burton, which everyone that's fantastic. Great. And you and she are very close, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah. So I grew up in a smallish town in the Midwest in Missouri. And just generally speaking, that area can be a bit um, repressed. Repressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very repressed. Out. And there's religious repression there. Like, body st stuff like all of it is very like sexuality is very shamed mm -hmm. and so coming and, and on top of that it's just like limiting beliefs around like what's even possible like I think the median income where I'm from is like forty thousand dollars a year like that's very low you know it, it's just it's, where I am now yeah it's kind especially. of like this like a like this is just the way life is yeah. Right. Like this a shrug. This is it. Yeah. Here's the American dream. And guess what? It's actually not so dreamy at the end of the day. And so, yeah, I just had a lot of shame, guilt and fear around my body and what was possible for me and also just sensed that there was something else. But I definitely wasn't getting any information from my parents or from religion or from sex education at school. Getting a little oh God, bit. I, I bet not. I'm so sorry. No way. Yeah. So fear based. Yeah. And then, you know, so maybe I was getting a little bit from media, which is very distorted. And so it led to this disease in my body around what was possible for me and what was okay for me. And so I ended up just kind of deciding unconsciously, I'm going to figure this out for myself. And so that kind of led to this little bit of like sexual exploration in my teens that wasn't very informed. So I wasn't doing it very safely. I can relate. Which then led to lots of non-consensual sexual experiences and trauma. And then it was even more shut down in a way. Mm -hmm. And so in my early 20s, when I started learning about spirituality and started doing yoga and meditation, 
that was great, but it only got me so far. There was like this deeper place that got to be touched. And then I had a partner who had actually dated a tantrika before me. And he it was handy. It was very handy. <laughs> and he was nothing special, really. Like he wasn't really my type. But there was something magnetic there. Maybe it was like this knowledge that was like drawing you in. It was the energy. It was the presence. And so I pulled that thread into his bed and the and the and the sex was great. And it again, also wasn't anything special, but it was the presence and the connection that we had. And from there, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And so I kind of got into Tantra, like a lot of people for the sex tricks in a way. (laughs) But then as I started to go deeper in the practice, I realized this is so much bigger and it became this healing journey. And I started processing my sexual trauma and my limiting beliefs and the shame and guilt and fear and even just like generational trauma that I was carrying. Mm -hmm. So as I healed that, my whole life began to change. As I said, this is the energy that brings us into the world and it touches every part of our lives in that way. So once I started healing my relationship to my life force energy, to my sexuality, not only did my sex change, but it was also like my friendships changed, my work changed, my house became a grander reflection of who I was. Mm-hmm. I started healing my relationship to my parents and it all shifted and the people in my life were witnessing me in this and were curious. And so I started just sharing little bits about Kundalini and the chakra system and this and that. And it kind of snowballed into suddenly like a flip switched and I was just coaching people and doing it professionally. What were you doing like for work before that? Before Before this. So in college, I studied journalism and fashion. And Mm -hmm. so I was mainly freelance writing and creative directing. And then I was doing a little bit of freelance modeling as well. Okay. Yeah. And one of the big shifts for me too was one of my freelance clients was a nonprofit that freed children from sex trafficking in India. So they flew me out there. Oh yeah, it was, it, I mean, it was so close to my heart. And so they flew me out there to film a documentary, basically sharing the process mm-hmm. of freeing a, a, a child, a little girl. And so I was interviewing the girls and I was interviewing the social workers and we went on a raid and it was incredible doing this work. And I was like, you're, you're freeing the bad guy, or sorry, you're freeing the innocent and you're arresting the bad guys. But are we addressing the root problem here? Which to me is this disassociation between sexuality and spirituality. Like these individuals, these perpetrators believe that the only way they're going to have their desires met is by raping someone. I think in India too, it's particularly prevalent. My ex-husband served as a U.S. diplomat in India for a lot of years. And so he told me it was like, really repressed and particularly yeah had a lot of problems so which is ironic because a lot of these teachings come from that part of the world in that yeah yeah and i mean it's here too like it's so so yes. so here too yes. it's just a different shade and color basically mm-hmm. but yeah so that kind of was this moment of what i've learned in this journey actually doesn't belong to me and is much bigger and belongs to the world and when i went off to then It was like in the next months that I fully was like, okay, I'm going all in on Tantra. Mm -hmm. And I'd never imagined that it would touch people in India, really. But interestingly, like I have a huge base of followers for my own podcast in India. And there's specifically, there's a woman there. I've had a few Indian guests and one, we talked about um, 
ornamentation as a spiritual practice. So like getting dressed mm-hmm. up as a spiritual practice. But she shared how she was looking for tantric resources in India, but there it's seen as like black magic and it's kind of taboo actually. Wow. Yeah. My ex-husband said it was like being at a middle school dance where everyone was just dressed really sexy and like, but you weren't allowed to touch anybody. He said it was really hard. <laughs> That's a really good analogy. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I love you. I love the way you're phrasing things and stuff. You're so smart. Thank you. Yeah. Oh wow. God. I'm so like, honored. Wow. Um, and just the way you said it's not mine, like that's so beautiful and true. Like all the things that we try to, you know, channel and impart or that we pay attention to, to share, like they're not ours, you know, um, this is a total aside, but I'm reading this book right now by Tosha Silver, who has that divine abundance deck that you drew from downstairs. Yeah. Uh, and it's this book called, it's not your money. And the point is like, whatever it is, is what we're channeling, you know, like it's not your thing. Yeah. And I want to give you props too, because you had us have a little prayer before we dropped in. Yeah. And thank you. It really brought me back to a thing that I often do, which is like, I just invite God to speak through me. I'm just like, here we are. There's a great opportunity here. What gets to come through? It's really not mine. I'm just a channel or a, a, a sieve through which the medicine, the magic gets to come through. So thank you for guiding us in with such reverence. Oh, thank you. It's a habit that I've had to build. And like, I think what you're saying too, like, inviting that space of, mm-hmm. of I'm just a vessel is a habit like yeah. we have to I forget sometimes you know and then I have to call back to oh yeah here's what I'm doing mm-hmm. anyway we got off track we were talking about your story and yeah. you, there was a lot in there and one of the things you mentioned was you were healing some stuff with your parents yeah. and I was immediately like being before that I was like oh I wonder how your family handled this because they're, I'm guessing a lot of them are probably still there in the Midwest or whatever. They're all still in Missouri. You have brothers and sisters or? Yes, I do. So my parents are divorced. And so my, I have an older sister. We have the same parents. My mom had another child, a son. And then my dad had three more children. Okay. So I have five siblings, but. Sure. Yeah. It's all spread. No, I got it. I got it. So yeah, you have a lot of people. Okay. So how's everybody? You know, I'm sure it's kind of a mixed bag, probably. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting um, because so my mom, my mom, I feel like is very supportive, but it's just like, is is everything good? But also like, I love this and I love you and I love that you're out here doing work you're passionate about. And I've actually had her on my podcast now. Oh, good. Which was really wow. interesting and healing. I mean, I, and I neglected mentioning your podcast in your intro. We got a little off track there, but yes, you have a. Pop, podcast called Talk Tantra to Me. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Tantra and I will put that in the show notes as well. Yes, and Amy will be on as well. Oh, I'm excited. In Whenever it aligns. Yes. yes. Uh, and then with my dad, I think like with him, he just kind of felt more comfortable with like, don't ask, don't tell. So I'll, sh- I'll just share little bits of my business. But randomly, he got on my email list <laughs> and, I, and I sent something out of, about a group program called Turned On By Life. And he responded and was like, I'm proud of you. And I was like, I like didn't think that you even knew what I did. (laughs) I mean, they've got to see you happy and thriving. And just as a parent, I would be like, oh, great. I mean, that's the goal. Just for my kids to be happy and thriving. Wonderful. You know, and just happy people. So that's good. Because I think, you know, in that upbringing, there can be a lot of like, yeah, yeah. Doing kind of stuff. Yeah. And and a big part of my journey was actually creating a lot of spaciousness from my parents in the beginning to kind of heal. Like 
I felt in some ways like I had this open wound and it was like having really triggering interactions with them was like throwing salt in the wound. So there was a period of more spaciousness. And now I feel like I've been able to come full circle. That's a nice way to phrase it. And more be, spaciousness. I'm, yeah. 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 And use the tools and even invite them into the tools. In Good. A, so. Good. But that's what it's all about, right? It's yeah. about that unconditional love mm. and an acceptance and finding those spaces where, okay, what can I explore myself here when I'm holding a resentment towards someone else or a, I wish you'd be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that a tantric space? Yeah. Taking responsibility, I think, in doing your own shadow work mm-hmm. is a big piece. And there's a s- specific branch that I like to work with called sexual shadow work. So it's working with understanding. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So sexual shadow work is... So um, so Carl Jung talks about sh- the shadow and the shadow is the parts of us that we are not owning, whether it is a positive or a negative attribute of ourselves. And when that's not integrated, when we're not really aware of the shadow, it can be projected into our day-to-day experience. So I think the best way to... Unconsciously. Yeah, unconsciously. Unconsciously, exactly. I think the best way to explain it would just be like using an example. So... Let's say you have a partner and I love examples. Yes. (laughs) You have a partner and they want to try something new in bed. Let's just say um, anal. Okay. Can we go there? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. We're hitting juicy now. Okay. So your partner wants to explore anal. Okay. And you're like, no, absolutely not. Like that. And it's just like this immediate no. And the invitation is, where is that no coming from? Is there a shadow belief within you that actually may not be yours? A resistance to something like anal could be like, oh, well, that's wrong, according to the Bible and the religion that I grew up for with, for example. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've been, that's gross or, or whatever the story could be. And so the invitation is then to look inside and take responsibility to say, where is this coming? Where is the no coming from within me? And is it an authentic no? Because you could come back and say, um, yeah, I realize that there's actually some sexual religious programming in here that's actually not mine, but I'm still a no to anal for whatever reason. Or you could be like, oh, I realized that it's it's actually my own shame that I've adopted from society or from religion that's not mine. And I'm willing to give this a try slowly with intention to consider that there might be power there. For, yeah. to reclaim that in a way. And what's the responsibility on the flip side of that? Let's say for the person that says, I want to do this, because I think that it can almost get into like a shadow side there where it's like a yeah. pressure, like, oh, you're not exploring this enough. You are, you know, like almost like rather than trusting, like, and respecting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so there do you could, get what I'm saying? Yeah, there okay. could be a shadow for that person too. Right. You know, in, right. in especially in a sense if there's like a pressuring and there's not a lot of grace given or curiosity and there's pushing and it's like, okay, like what is the shadow piece in your pushing here? And, and, and an example too would be from my own past, like for in my early twenties, I was really into BDSM and kink stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was consistently getting myself into these really, interesting dynamics with people in kink and BDSM that weren't really conscious. 
And I realized once I started working with Tantra that I was actually getting into these power dynamics because it was what I was used to and what felt safe in a way because I was I was used to having that control dynamic. Yeah, you have comfort sort of yeah. in a weird way, right? And it was honestly like an unconscious way of me reliving my trauma to try to find control in it somehow, but I, it was totally unconscious. So once I started working with Tantra, it was another thing where I created a lot of spaciousness from the porn I used to watch and from the people I was engaging with. And in, then, and so I had that spaciousness for a while and then coming full circle. And now I'm like, so here for the BDSM and the kink and Shibari and power dynamics and all of that. But from a place of, I want to explore the broad experience of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I want to explore the primal parts of me in a really conscious and safe way. And also to heal my relationship from the past with that dynamic. And to know that now I can surrender and feel totally empowered in my surrender. And it's a joy. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Feeling empowered in your surrender. Because I think it's a scary place for a lot of people because they don't feel that empowerment in their surrender. No, that owning of it. Mm-hmm. And some of that stuff you said reminded me too of um, Existential Kink. Love Existential Kink. Elliot, I know. It's so good. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've asked her to be on the show and she's kind, but she hasn't said yes yet. She was doing other stuff. But um, but fair. I loved the book so much and I would encourage anybody to read it. It's a great one. Yeah, it is. But it's like understanding those spaces where you're like unconsciously reliving some things. Yeah. And then also, I was just going to tack on to the beginning of what you were saying when you were saying when we were talking about what do you have to explore in yourself. I think that that's like where like the person that might be pushing or whatever. That's yeah. where a lot of like cult leaders and stuff, I think, maybe get a little like off track or something. I don't know. You know, I like, agree. yeah. So yeah. that's interesting to see. I don't know. I'm fascinated by cults. But anyway, <laughs> totally Thanks. aside. You are? Are you? Right. <laughs> fascinated like yeah yeah oh you know who would be great I feel like I'm just paying it forward in a way because Bertini mentioned me on, on your podcast okay my friend Sophia is really into cult oh yeah well and oh. she works in like sensual embodiment space I'm actually doing a retreat with her called the tantric muse oh um so she might on your retreats I believe she might be someone to have okay cool have on to talk about just being aware of like the power dynamics in the shadow in these like white light spaces there's a lot of shadow that isn't integrated what do you mean by white light spaces so you have like in my experience you have like light and dark right sure and people really demonize the dark the dark is like bad and wrong and scary when in reality to me the dark is like the baby in the womb it's the seed in the ground it's the caterpillar in the chrysalis it's this void of unknown which feels scary but there's lots of transformation and beauty available there it's also like seduction too is in that space and and there's like dark wizardry in a way of like doing something for the higher good that can seem dark uh, you know on the surface whereas then in the light it's like you have this white night energy you have but there's lots of space for shadow and so people I find get confused between the dark and the shadow and they make the dark the shadow when in reality there's actually more shadow in the light spaces because mm. the, the dark owns it to me I get it's like it. Batman energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have people like these televangelists, right? That's a great example of like light, 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 light. And then there's all of this shadowy stuff happening. It's the Crusades. We're going to go do this fight and it's for God. And it's like, but you're killing innocent people. Yeah. You know, so it's like putting this 
you know, plaster of like goodness. And, and for me, I feel it in like, I'm censored all the time, you know, and I'm very much in the dark feminine space. Oh, I totally and see I that. And I feel this like light, masculine energy, like censoring, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, how do we integrate these spaces? How do you? Does that ever get you down? How do you feel about that? Because you just experienced it today. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's in, on a on a what money payment platform. platform. On a, I got platform. I got taken off of a payment platform, um, and I've had I've had built up an Instagram accounts so and then they get deleted or I get locked out, and so it's been years of this. such fucking puritans and indeed, <laughs> and so it's an initiation every time. Mm-hmm. And what I what I've learned to come there was one really big one a couple years ago where I was really upset about it. And what I ended up coming to is who are the greatest people who have been censored? We've got Jesus, we've got Galileo, we've got witches. Like, (laughs) so to me, it's like, what if instead the censorship is just evidence of like, I'm in the fringe of pushing the edges like of what I implement and like <laughs> yeah exactly and of course but I but I'm also honoring my emotions about it yesterday yeah. I was super angry and hitting pillows and then I was like okay and now let's alchemize <laughs> <laughs> what's next <laughs> that's right what's yeah next? oh that's good that's um and that's a great reframe too like how can we reframe it and know that you know you're yeah. sitting in the space that's truth and light and mm-hmm. like you said pushing edges pushing edges was a a term that I wasn't really familiar with till maybe a few years ago I feel like it's like come up it's had its come up yeah. come up and and um what what does that like mean to you if anybody's wondering like yeah what does that look like for me I love this term pushing edges and I love relating it to boundaries because there's this energy right now in the world of like if it's not a fuck yes then it's a fuck no Mm -hmm. and I don't love that okay I don't and here's why because you might be feeling into something and you're like oh I'm not a fuck yes to it but if you just say fuck no you could be missing an opportunity to expand and grow and push your edge right and so when I feel like there's not a fuck yes but there's maybe a yes I could lean into I get curious about where is the no coming from? Mm -hmm. And the no is often a limiting belief. It's a shame or a guilt or a fear. It's something trying to keep you safe and in your comfort zone, right? So to me, it's like, let's get clear on where that why is coming from and then readdress that question of is is this a yes or a no? And really figuring out where is my boundary? Because boundaries are great. Boundaries are there to keep us safe. It's like, if we're told to dance at the edge of a cliff with our eyes closed and it's just like there's a cliff there and there's no fence or there's no boundary, we're going to dance very carefully and kind of like t- and make sure we're not crossing over and, you know, really risking our safety. But if we have a fence there and let's say the fence is built, I'm, I'm building out an analogy here. <laughs> oh, let's say the fence is built like five feet away from the edge of the cliff. Mm-hmm. And so we have that, we have that, that boundary there. Then we're able to dance more wildly and more embodied because we know that we have that boundary there keeping us safe Mm -hmm. and we can dance with our eyes closed and be in full expression. But like, there's not a lot of space. It's like, I'm in this little tight container and I want a little bit more space. What if I pushed my edge? I pushed, I go to the the boundary and I push that edge a foot. And now there's a little bit more space for me to move and dance in that. And so it's just allowing us to 
creates more spaciousness. I think too, it can just life. get like this harder outlook where, you know, you're just going to apply that more in your life. And so if you yeah. can just loosen up just a little, like you're saying, just create that more space. I do think it's useful. Um, I was trying to think about, you know, in my own life when I say fuck yes or anyway, um, sorry, <laughs> I was just I was just thinking about that gray area and, yeah. you know, like touching, tapping into my intuition and really seeing how I felt in that space. Yeah. And it's worth asking, like, what do I need to push my edge? Mm -hmm. So we can go back to the anal example here. It's like okay. <laughs> partner, partner is interested in that. And it's like, it's, I'm not feeling a fuck yes. And I notice that there's some conditioning maybe operating, but there's an edge there and I'm, I'm willing to push that edge. Well, what do I need to push that edge? Well, maybe it's me exploring my anus by myself first. And, and really kind of a lot of people are like, no fucking way. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Or maybe it's <laughs> like, let's try just external play for now. Right. And then, and that's the edge that we push and And then that edge becomes comfortable mm -hmm. and we're willing to push that a little bit deeper and try something else. And so it's, it's moving slowly and intentionously and, and consciously. It's not, we're trying to, not trying to blast anything open when we're pushing edges. And especially if you're building you know, trust in that relationship anyway. Mm -hmm. So you feel safe in that space and you know that this person loves you and this, yeah, that you're, that you're safe. And in trusting that person and what comes before that is trusting yourself. Can you trust yourself to honor what you need to get there for you and for your partner? That's, well, I think that's a great point. Trusting yourself in those like sexual spaces, yeah. because I don't think that I had that until recently, which we talked about a little bit about like age and recognizing that. Yeah. And, um, and that like simultaneously made me like, damn, like, why am I just now figuring that out? But yeah. also like, yay, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, but I, I didn't, I didn't have it. And I didn't trust myself enough to be in that situation to maybe say, state a boundary and yeah. versus, versus what do people want from me? And whether it's in life or sexual, mm -hmm. you know, or sexual situation. And I compromised that. Yeah. On both stages, t too many times to count. For sure. And so, like, I've tried to build that within myself. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend to somebody to build that trust with themselves? Yeah, I think that the very first piece is recognizing why it's like that for so many mm -hmm. of us. And to me, it's like that because we've been conditioned from a very young age to look outside of ourselves for answers. Oh, totally. To look at religion and the government and teachers and, and parents and science and not really to even remotely listen to ourselves. So there's really this energy in the world right now of reclaiming our power mm -hmm. and seeing ourselves as our teachers and our guides. And I want to honor that science and religion and the government and, and all of those spaces have brought us a lot of societal innovation and there and there's a place for that mm -hmm. but there's also an energy of trust yourself first and then you know that's the, that's a second trust piece mm -hmm. you know and that's a big cult thing too is like you know very much that energy of like trust this organization put all of your trust that's in this right. organization even when you're like i'm starving you know <laughs> yeah and don't and don't trust yourself and so right. i think the first piece is acknowledging that from the get-go we've been encouraged to look outside of ourselves and just like 
recognizing, oh, okay, this is something that gets to heal within me. <laughs> and then to me, the second piece is really just coming into your body and being able to read where your desire is coming from, where your fear is coming from, and to get really intimate with your internal landscape of your inner child and your inner critic. Start to ask questions so you understand the voices that are operating there so you can get clear on what is my intuition, which is my inner trust, and what is my fear, what is my conditioning, and, and begin to separate those pieces. I think for me too, yes to all that. Yeah. I think for me too, and this will probably resonate with you, I don't think that I really even understood that I didn't know. Like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I understood that I didn't, that I wasn't as in tune with trusting myself and that I was doing those things like performative or yeah. to other people or whatever, sexually and in life. I don't even think I really realized the scope of it until I went to a play party and pushed myself there. And yeah. I had a basically nervous breakdown. I have a whole episode on that from like a year ago. And um, so people can listen to that with Kimmy Inch. And, um, but it really like pushed me in a way where after that I thought oh my gosh I don't know and I started asking my friends and so you have a lot of in-person events and you believe in the value of that for this learning so you know I guess I'm saying like people can learn to trust themselves by doing something with other people and being vulnerable in those spaces so how do you see that and what transformations you know, do you see and how's that look to you? Yeah, there's there's so much there. So I'm going to good. Let's, slow, let's talk slow about it, it and we'll see where we go. Are you ready to up level your pleasure practice? I have in mind and the main things that have helped me are the tools that I've found from wands. Wands creates luxurious products that encourage us all to honor our body, celebrate our sexuality and live in pleasure with more pleasure all the time. One of my favorites, if you listen to this show, then you probably already know, is the cervix wand. Wands has trademarked their number one best-selling glass pleasure wand. It's for vaginal and anal de-armoring, and it's designed for cervical and G-spot stimulation. And let me tell you, it's incredible. It's helped thousands of women become more connected to their bodies and their pleasure, and supports them to heal pelvic pain through self-yoni massage, and helps awaken more pleasure. Just recently, I've ordered the Venus Wand, another trademarked wand from Wands, and it's designed to activate and awaken the G-spot and more. Also, don't miss one of their new offerings, which are free bleed blankets that can be used as waterproof intimacy blankets. They have a beautiful selection now available. But take a look around at wands.com, that's W-A-A-N-D-S, because they have a huge selection of incredible items like yoni eggs, crystal pleasure wands in amethyst, black obsidian, anything that your heart desires, and so much more. Check them out at wands.com. That's W-A-A-N-D-S dot com. And use my link in the show notes to get 10% off or simply enter my code Amy Edwards at checkout. Again, that's W-A-A-N-D-S wands.com. Y'all, I have started using higher dose products and I am such a fan. You know, I don't put anything on this podcast that I am not 100% completely behind. And I have a special discount code for you for all higher dose products. I'm so excited. If you don't know, Higher Dose is a wellness company. They have wellness tech products, they have tools, they have supplements, and they have body care. 
They have so many things that are hot right now, too, that are really biohacking and up-leveling our lives at home, which is really cool. They have an infrared sauna blanket. They have an infrared PEMF mat that I'm so excited to be sharing about soon. One of my favorites, though, is the red light face mask. It stimulates collagen. It activates glowing skin, reduces fine lines, regenerates cells, and it's soft. It's not like one of the hard plastic ones, so you can kind of move it around on your body, which I've been doing, and I am seeing amazing results. I am absolutely addicted to it. I use it every single night, and I'm using it in conjunction with one of their other products, the Glow Serum, and I'm very picky about what I put on my skin, and I am loving the Glow Serum. It's specially formulated to plump and hydrate and stimulate radiant skin, which that's the goal. They have a ton of other products too, magnesium ingestibles, magnesium body care, which has a healing oil and a serotonin soap that you can use in your bath, which I've been using too. It boosts your mood, enhances your skin and deepens your detox, gets you calmed down. Anyway, I'm a fan. So I'm so excited to offer you 15% off using my code MAGIC15. Go to the show notes. You can click through on the link right there. Or if you go to Higher Dose, just enter the code MAGIC15 and you'll get 15% off. Higher Dose has been featured in Goop, Glamour, Elle, Vogue, Bizarre, Allure, basically you name it. And there's a reason why. So go check it out. It's at higherdose.com and enter my code MAGIC15 for 15% off. Yeah. So I think that one of the first pieces is really stepping into a container with the tools. And ideally, you have... Yes. And that's scary as hell. At least it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And and a lot of amazing containers, and there's more and more every day, will teach you... There really are. Yeah. And they're very conscious of these things. But yeah. So for... I do lots of different types of containers, but the play parties that I do and the Tantra retreats we teach very clearly conversations around safer sex and consent and how to get in touch with your yes or your no and how to just have really playful and fun conversations around boundaries and desires because it can often feel really constrictive to people especially when like we haven't growing up we're not really given permission to talk about these things it's all kind of like rushed and spontaneous and that's safe in a way but one, yeah, <laughs> yes, when it's time to reclaim this and come into these spaces from a conscious space, we get to learn these tools. And I went to a party recently and ran into someone that went to one of our events. And he said, he was like, that framework that you gave was the most valuable tool that I've gained in the last five years, hands down. And to me, it's like, it's so simple. You know, it's really just how do you have these conversations around desires, fears, and boundaries. How do you talk about sexual health? How do you talk about what something means emotionally? Things like that. And so once you have a really good framework and these tools and they start to become comfortable to use, you're just so empowered and it becomes a lot easier. I think another thing is to be really aware of how a container is held in that is there that element of groupthink or pressure. Another thing is one one of the exercises we do, I'm just spouting off things. I'm glad. <laughs> okay. No, I want you to. That's what I want to know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So another thing <laughs> we do in my container specifically is we talk about, we, we offer before we open up the play space, we have people get into small groups and they play a game called Wildest and Mildest. And they're invited to take a moment to really feel into themselves. What would be the mildest thing that could happen tonight that I would leave happy? So a mildest could be, 
just voyeuring, just watching the space at my first play party. And I just want to like, had that experience would be enough for me tonight to leave mwah, so happy. Mild, this could also be eye gazing with someone. It could be having a really great conversation. It could be making out with someone new. It could be vanilla sex, depending on where you're at in that night, in that moment. Even for me, sometimes my mildest, honestly, my mildest most of the time is just having a great conversation. Nice. Wildest, on the other hand, really invites us to consider our own deepest desire. And to me, wildest is very powerful because so often I would step into play spaces and I would connect with people and I'd be like, well, what do you want to do? And let me see if I can fit into your fantasy. Yeah. But I, it was very hard for me to even dream up my wildest desire. Yeah. you. It's like that you don't know what you don't know. Like I didn't even understand the, I didn't even understand the possibilities of mildest to be completely honest. I didn't understand I could ask for a foot massage. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's on the table. Well, yeah, I like foot massage, you know, like, exactly. right. A conversations on the table. Uh-huh. Like eye gazing's on the, t- like, and so is being, you know, fucked on an X bar. I don't know. You know, like, yes, yeah, yes, yes. So wildest invites you to really think about, well, what do I want to try? What is my like deep desire that even could be like shadow coming to light in a way and could mm-hmm. be healing? And so we've had wildest, like one of my favorite wildest stories was this guy. He raised his hand. He shared that he wanted to be, um, he wanted a golden shower from several people wow at once that wow. that's bold so i got all him bold actually ops that wasn't it he actually said one person one person he said i want to go to the chart but then three women four four of us four women came <laughs> forward and were like i'm willing to satisfy that desire and that's an edgy desire to i mean to like into i don't think i could people. like if that was my desire i would be so embarrassed like i don't know how to overcome like that yeah like wow Props. Yeah. So not only did he get his desire met, but it got exceeded by four. (laughs) So that's just one powerful example for me. You know, I had, I I had, I had expressed the desire to have like a group sex scenario where it was like no penetration, but oral and we're all like cuddling and touching and mouths and things. And it was like one of my best memories. And so I shared that as my wildest. But then it's like, but then you have to make it happen too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people will come up to you and make it happen and be like, oh, I heard your wildest. I'm willing to fulfill that for you. That fits in yeah, for me as well. But that, but that night where I shared my group dynamic desire, it was like at the end of the night, I was like, so are we making this happen? It was like, who, who's willing to step into this container with me? Mm-hmm. And so I think there were like 10 of us. And so the 10 of us got together in a circle. We all went around and shared our boundaries. We all went around and shared our sexual health, you know, and then we were like, all right, and let's go. Wow. Yeah. And it was like super powerful and beautiful. And there were people that were like, no, and then saw how we were doing it. We're like, actually, like, I feel safe enough to send nice. into this. And so, yeah, that that exercise alone is really powerful for owning desire. That's amazing. Yeah. When you say shared their sexual health, yeah. Uh, what does that look like? Because like I've been really open on this show. I have genital herpes or amazing. Yeah. And so um, I know I'm, I should be like the poster child. I'm like, let's all talk about it, please. Yeah. Because a lot of people have it. And so do people speak up about that? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, herpes is such an interesting thing because it's really, in my opinion, like not a big deal at all. It's not you're because because you're educated and like it people is. say it is a big deal. I'm like, you don't you don't understand yeah i mean they don't even test for it 
like unless you are exhibiting symptoms, even yeah. if you ask for it now, they won't test you for it unless you have symptoms because really? they don't want to freak out. Yes. Oh I have, my God. I, so how many people are running around? <laughs> I had a friend who was exposed to mm-hmm. someone like he had a new partner and then she ended up having an outbreak or something. And so he went in to go get tested and they're like, well, we're not going to test you unless you have symptoms because what? it's so prevalent and they don't want to freak people out. <laughs> um can we yeah. just all get freaked out and then get over it? I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, people talk about that. People I have someone for your show on that too. Obviously, Sue's Sue's Bubs, Sue's Bubs. She's on TikTok and she's a big uh, herpes proponent and yeah, it. and uh, yeah, she's incredible. So she's been on this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, just an aside, I was wondering about that. So thank you for sharing that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So. There's a whole other conversation on that, but you've had those. Um, but one thing, that, so one tool that we use for how do we, um, how do we, how do we address, or how do we make sure we're addressing all the things that might be important for us is an acronym called SPREAD. And I got SPREAD from an ISTA training. And so each of these letters means something. Should I run through them? Kind of quick? yeah. Okay. So S is sexual health and, and status. So you would say you know, I was tested three months ago for X, Y, and Z. The results were such and such. Um, And these are my risky behaviors since then. Risky behaviors are important. So you were tested three months ago and, uh, you know, everything was um, negative, but you've connected with seven people since then. And what's the status with that as well? Have you been having these sexual health conversations with them to close all the loops? Mm -hmm. So that's S. P is pregnancy and pronouns. So you would talk about protection and um, birth control and things like that. And then also pronouns, if that's important to you. Um, Then you have E, which is emotion. So what does this mean? So for me, if I'm going to connect with someone sexually, most of the time I'm going to have an emotional connection with them as well. So it's important for me to to say that. a is aftercare. So I would say, you know, I would really like you to text me tomorrow and check in. Or I, after this, our our scene or our experience together ends, it would mean a lot if you didn't just rush off that we could have some time to debrief after, for example. And then D is we've talked about all of these factors. Now let's decide. And a, and a little aside off of decide is let's talk about desires, fears, and boundaries. So based on all the things I've heard, you know, you're not on birth control, so I, I would prefer not to have penetrative sex, but maybe we could, you know, do oral. Mm-hmm. So um, that my desire is that we have this like cock sucking blowjob. I don't know, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> anal, I don't know. Um, and so that's my desire, right? To, how, how do you feel about the desire? What are your desires? Fears would be, well, you know, my fear is that you're not going to like it and you're going to be bored and you're going to want to go run off with someone else. Mm-hmm. An example of a fear, right? So the, the the power of saying our fears is that then it's addressed and we're not thinking about it. We're not in our minds during the experience being like, oh my God, is he, gonna, is he liking this? Is he going to rush off? Mm-hmm. You're able to address the fear and then he can say, well, if I'm not liking it, I'll just tell you, right? And so then you're able to be more present and actually enjoy what's happening in your body. And then wow. boundaries are, okay, so my boundary is no, you know, penetrative stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, you know, anything. That's just an example. So much of this involves, like, really saying stuff. Yes. And, like, that is applicable in life and in the bedroom. That's what, I yeah. feel like that's one of these spaces where it's like, what I learned in the bedroom applies to my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Or what I learned in a sexual situation, like the bedroom, I'm using yeah. a broader term. But... um. 
gosh, yeah. I mean, like the thought of saying, I don't like what you're doing is like, like, I'm not, I'm not good at that yet. I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and what if you're giving them the cheat code, you know, and like what they're, they're really pleasuring you to pleasure you. Yes. Not to pleasure. I mean, there is a, there is a difference between an energy of like, I'm pleasuring you for my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that can definitely be a piece of it. But if you're not getting the pleasure, then they're also not really getting the pleasure. Mm-hmm. But I love that you brought up that these tools are really relevant in all of life because they are. <laughs> because they are. And I want to share just a really brief story about that. So my fiance wasn't in this world at all before he started dating me. Yes. I met him the day I met you. Yes. Yeah. And What's his name again? I'm Andrew. Andrew. And so once Andrew got into this space, he was like, this is amazing and life changing. And we went to go meet his mom. I was meeting his mom for the first time. And we're all sitting down and we're spending the weekend at her house. And I'm going into it with a little bit of like, this is a big deal for me. This is my first time meeting her. I'm staying at her house for the weekend. And Andrew suggested that we have a desires, fears and boundaries conversation around our expectations for the weekend. Oh my God. So we talked about like desire for us to connect I'm in certain ways. Uh-huh. And my fear was that she'd take it personally if I went off to go do my own thing for a little bit. And boundaries, you know, please knock on the door. You know, so we like the very first thing we did when we, when we met her. How'd it go? It was amazing. Really? Yeah, she's very involved in self-development. She work as well. She must so. have known it would be well, well received yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, good for you. It really does. Mm-hmm. So, so you could have a boundaries, desires, and fears, or yeah, desires, fears, boundaries, desires, fears, boundaries. You could have that conversation in any situation. Yeah, you could have it. Like I've had that conversation with friends that I'm going to do a project with. It's like, okay, we're extending our relationship now from friendship to co-creators, and. I want to maintain our friendship. That's what's most important to me. So let's talk about desires, fears, and boundaries so we understand each other and what to be watch out for and how we can maximize this for the both of us. Holy shit, that's good. Yeah. I mean, because you can all start to harbor resentments because you simply haven't communicated some of the basic things yes. that needed to be communicated. Yes. Yes. It's powerful. It's so powerful. Life-changing. Yeah, I want to I want to do that more. I was trying to think like how I could apply it with my kids. I don't even know if they'd do it cuz they're teenagers, but you know, it would be cool to to instill in your children like from an early age. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Um it yeah, so I think I was going to ask, you know, about these in-person experiences mm-hmm. and the growth that people see in them. And I guess I wanted to encourage people if they're listening and thinking about it to give themselves a lot of grace and space Mm -hmm. in the growth of it. And you might just watch and get better at it over time. It doesn't just happen like that. Yeah. And sometimes the growth is actually placing a boundary and saying no and going into a container and deciding not to interact because maybe your pattern is, well, I'm going to show up in the container and do what I'm supposed to do and be the good, like the good student, that you know, at the time, yes. you know? And so, yeah, so that was, that was a big thing for me at one training. Um, it was a partnered exercise and I was really feeling in my body that I should do it solo. And 
that I wanted to be the good student. You know, I'm Tantra is my life. It is my work. And so for me to not do the exercise right, quote unquote, was like, like I really had to, that, that was the growth for me in that moment was to say, no, I'm going to do this exercise by myself. I'm going to do this exercise on myself. And that's where I found the magic. That was the, my secret spot. Oh, congratulations. That's really yeah. good. Like what a leap because I don't know, I think as women too, we're just like taught to please. And, oh yeah. And those sorts of things. At least that's been a big like, healing spot for me is mm-hmm. healing. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And that's the shadow of the light feminine. So we talked about light masculine, yeah. dark masculine. The shadow of the light feminine is martyr, is people pleaser. Oh, I I can yeah. get right into those spaces like yeah. on a dime, you know, yeah. and martyr too. I think I like, it's, especially as a mom, you know, I can like channel that pretty easily and have to watch it. Cause I'm like, no, I'm doing this because I love to do it. And I choose yeah. to do this right now. Like, and I think that even these practices with play parties and expanding my own sexuality, expanding my own self-trust have pushed me more into that space to be able to say, no, I'm doing this because I choose to. Yeah. Because I have to, because anyone's making me, not because look at me, look at all I'm put, look how much I do for you, you know? Yeah. None of that. That's an, it's almost an extension of that Dom sub dynamic. Once you realize like I'm empowered in my choice, I'm giving something up from a place of empowerment. Yeah. It's a sacred from choice of my power. Yeah. Like yeah. that is my choice. That's taking your power back. That's rejecting victimhood. Radical Owning. responsibility. Radical responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely been stepping into that. And like, it's been a learning process in the last, you know, few mm-hmm. years, especially in my relationship. That's what's taught me so much in my love relationship. And oh, he's gone through treatment and stuff. So yeah. that's been really, it, Alan on has helped me a lot, but it's like the same it's the same choosing and surrender mm-hmm. and like owning that. Yeah. Okay. One thing that um, I wanted to touch on because we mentioned this at the beginning or before we started talking was about age. Yeah. I told you that I've looked around in those spaces and been like, I am totally the oldest person. And I think like I've read other other things, like even talking to you, you know, you're, you're 30 and like, yeah, I'm still learning. And I think that we can get a little like, maybe as we grow older, you can just feel kind of like, why didn't I learn this earlier? Now I'm the oldest person there. Will I be accepted? Am I even sexy? Like, you know, like, yeah, feeling a little inadequate. And so how do you address that with people? Because you said sometimes people ask, like, what's the age range? Because I saw some pictures on your of your retreat, yeah. I think, or a recent one, and everybody looked young and hot. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I'm their mom's okay. age, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the photos for retreat, it's so funny that you say that because, <laughs> you know, we want to give people the option to be anonymous at our retreats. And so a lot of people opt out of being in the photos. And so a lot of our photos are of like us and the assistants. <laughs> okay. So okay, that's great. So, so yeah. I discouraged anyone. From- yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, for our retreats, we're talking 20s to 60s, you know, is 60s? the typical. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, what we're really looking for when we're, our, our, our retreats are a bit curated in a way that, but we're not curating around age or hotness we're curating around what are you energetically bringing into the space and what has your journey been so far because with these tantra spaces and play spaces it's like 
a lot can come up. And so we want to make sure that you have a level of self-awareness and self-responsibility that's going to allow you to feel empowered in this space. Yeah. So that's something that we're screening for. Another thing that we're screening for is energetically, what are you bringing into the space? And what gets screened out most often is the creepy old dude. And that's really it. And that's it. And you can feel it. It's like an energetic. What is your, oh, you feel it. What is your intention for stepping into this space? Yeah. Right. And even then there are containers that are even like super inclusive. Even here in Austin, there's um, play parties where you can just buy a ticket on Eventbrite. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, there are. Oh, it's not, it's not mine, you know, but but there are spaces out there too, just, you know, sharing. But these spaces are so powerful. And I love having the energy of all ages and just showing how like sex and intimacy can be beautiful at every stage of life. I had a couple who was celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary and it, we were doing a one-on-one retreat. So it's just me and them actually mm-hmm. in this in this container. And the woman had shared why am I just now learning this now? Like this should be something that we learn on our honeymoon, right? And so to be able to reclaim that and share it with your partner and share it with your children yeah. is just, it, it changes the world. And, and it really is never too late. There's so much space to, to make a shift and come into this energy and be empowered in it. I'm glad you said that. I mean, I'm a big believer yeah. that it is never too late. It's part of Everything that I put out. Yeah. And I mean, part of my story is I took up rock and roll in my 40s. I became a independent music artist and released albums. And, um, you know, I've, I've preached that so much, but it's, mm-hmm. it's still a practice for me. Mm-hmm. Like to remember, like, you know what? It's not too late. I can adopt a beginner mindset. I can still learn. I can still yeah. get better. And that's where that energy, that life force energy is constantly renewed. Your spark yeah. is blown on fan the flame kind of thing and another thing i'll say is that this like tantra is not like anything that you don't know in your body what is more accurate is that you're letting go of things to come back into presence i love that and so everything like tantric practices are super simple they're very easy to take home and it's very natural once you start letting go of stuff. Like, what would that be? What do you mean? Really, to me, like sound, breath, and movement are the three basic tools. And a lot of practices are around that. Mm-hmm. You know, something like eye gazing is like every time I do an eye gazing practice, there's people bawling their eyes out. And it's like, because it's really like, that's what it is. It's just the connection. And it's that's allowing just what I met. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's eye gazing in Sedona. <laughs> See, and it, so it's like what just an invitation to come into the present moment and, con- and to connect with someone. So a lot more of my work is like holding space for people to come home to themselves and less about teaching all these like crazy breath work practices and positions. Like, like I do nothing with the Karma Sutra, for example. Yeah. You know, so. And I yeah. think those are like important if you need to tap into like I don't know what to say right now or I don't know what to do right now like sound breath and movement are the most basic things right like and so I suppose you could just like touch yourself take a breath you know Mm -hmm. like and yeah then give an audible sigh and you're like you're present you're here (laughs) you're here and it's all okay yeah there's nothing outside of this moment that you can't handle Mm -hmm. so yeah just relax for a second And I think especially in these group containers, it's really powerful because then it starts to be integrated into community. Like something like a loud sigh, you'll do it home by yourself, but will you do it in line at the grocery store? 
right? So if you spend an entire weekend with a bunch of people that are really comfortable loud sighing and you start loud sighing around each other, it's like, okay, now we're changing the world. And I know that sounds like very um, maximalist in a way. I don't know, but it, it's kind of grandiose, it's but it's true. true. It's, it's true. true. It starts here. I mean, yeah. like, I am a total believer in that. And like so many things I see that are like about what's going on in the world or whatever. And I'm like, God, just... I'm so kind of over that. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, same. Are you? I was going to ask. Yeah, I stopped watching the news when I started practicing I mean, me too. I used to, I used to watch it and get involved in it and like what was going on in the world. And now I'm like, you know what? The more I can do right here, the more it's going to spill out into the world. And and I love that you, you highlighted this part of it starts with yourself. Because to me, the work that I do starts, it's in three phases. So the first part is like, okay, let's come into yourself. Let's do some inventory of the beliefs, the shadows. Let's look at the conditioning, what's operating there, offering yourself grace, coming into self-love, reclaiming your power. Love it. Then the second piece is, okay, so how do I bring this into my relationships? How do I have safer sex conversations? Mm -hmm. How do I consider my relating style? Um, How am I connecting with my partner? What are the intimacy practices there? How do I bring this into my family dynamic? And then the third piece is bringing into the world. How can I be evidence of what's possible? How can I step into this like pleasure priestess energy? How can I be turned on by life? And how can I use sex magic and things like this? So it's like you're it's in those stages and they're not really linear. It's just, you know. Oh, I'm so layered. bored with all of it. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, the practices for me too, like, um, which Justin wants me to say, but, uh, you know, like really letting go of porn. Yeah. For me, I did it years ago. I say years ago, like when I was like 47, 48, a few years ago. And, um, but that was a big space to not only find discipline and tune into my body better, but also increase my pleasure and tap more into a sex magic space. Mm. So like the other day, I did a, a pleasure practice with my cervix wand from Wands, which is advertised on the show. There is a discount code if you want it. <laughs> I did that. Um, and I just said a prayer yeah. the whole time and really tapped into that. Right. And uh-huh. so um, for me, there's a level of discipline that comes with it. And it's it's been a practice over the years. And yeah. now that he's really letting that go, mm-hmm. which, you know, for men, I think it's a little bit different, you know, oh, yeah. like so for him to really let that go, our sex has been like worlds yeah. more in touch. And that's been a total trip. I don't know. I got off on a tangent. No, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And and that's a, that's a really big conversation around the porn piece. And well, people, it's pretty private for a lot of people. Is. And they're afraid to talk about these things because it can make them like, oh, you're into that. You know, there's like a judgment. Yeah, for sure. And, and what Maybe I know, love- they're not even into it. Yeah. And what I love about Tantra is there is no right or wrong or good or bad. And actually, I feel that there is a space for porn in Tantra, but it's it's conscious. It's intentional. It's and there is conscious porn out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Tantra porn out there as well. And and it can be like I remember the first time I was learning how to do prostate massage on men and on male partners. And I watched a video on Pornhub. And then I had that person, the one, the person who was doing on my podcast. I was like, oh, my God. Great. You know, I need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. With <laughs> I've never done it. So I need to like expand. Yeah. It's I mean, it, it's great. Um, And uh, very, very powerful stuff with the prostate. 
it's like the G spot for men. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, yes, I know. Um, so yeah, where was I going with this? Yeah, so there's no right or wrong, and there's conscious porn out there. I even think OnlyFans is really great because, in a way, it's it's putting the power back into the creator. Mm. Whereas in the past, it was like you know you had the performers that were paid a flat rate, and then all of the money really goes to the yeah big you know suit man you know in the back. But see, this is a so. perfect example of you. And your tantric beliefs and outlook because you didn't even qualify that as this or this. You're just yeah. basically like, hey, you know, here it is sometimes. Yeah, this is how it would be. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect, though, because it doesn't have to be this or that. We don't have to judge. I'm in a space yeah. of like learning not to judge right now. And so like, like every time I'm judging, I'm like, ah, you know, there's a good space for me to let go of that. Yeah. Maybe it has space. Maybe I was judging it and judging my own sexual experience and ours like, okay, we're disciplined in this and we don't look at more or something like that, you know, whereas there's a time and place. There's things that can be useful. It can be a learning tool. It can support people and connect, you know. Yeah. And we so often make our habits, our personality, and we create this rigidity around oh, no what's working for us or isn't. And so like it can be like, well, I'm just someone that doesn't watch porn and I practice semen retention. And it's like, that's amazing. But is it really serving you at the end of the day? Because maybe that did serve you for a while. But also maybe now you could watch a, a porn video about prostate massage and it could be amazing and transformative for you. Yeah. But if you're too stuck in your rigid, I don't do this, you're missing that opportunity to grow and to expand. And so for me, there's so much permission in Tantra to evolve with what's working for you at any given time. And it's about getting in touch with what is my highest truth and what lifestyle is going to support me in living in alignment with that now? And it gets to evolve over time. Yeah. And you're in this headspace of like kind of beating yourself up. And that is like not where oh we're going God. with this, right? Because then you're just going to be like, yeah. oh, why did I do that? And that's not like I love on my brought that list. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So to me, it's like we've got all this like. Instagram is just flooded right now with like this is what's healthy and this isn't. Oh my god! And it's is and it? it's vegan or it's meat. It's plant. It's you better meat. eat. It's all meat. And it's like you know what's the most toxic thing you can put in your body? The shame of following or not following one of these like very strict rigid yes. diets. It's like I'm on a shame free diet. That's my diet. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yes. Now that's a fuck yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm so over all of it. How can we possibly make a rule for everybody? So I couldn't. Agree more a shame-free diet that's right so like that's that's sitting in your heart space sitting in your intuition and finding you know this moment and then letting it go yeah you know or like if you find the shame coming up even if it's like an old patterning Mm -hmm. then you're able to let it go let it go let it go (laughs) oh yeah Ah, what what is audible size like is that a big thing like I feel like people do it all the time but um Andrew Huberman posted something about audible size and like that they are the doing it for like five minutes or something is more than like you get more uh of a mental health reset than 20 minutes of meditation or something okay that makes a lot of sense i love like he does like i don't follow him super closely but my understanding is he does like a lot of the sciencey he does so these things Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because i am just kind of averse to the sciencey part of things i'm very much like i know what feels good yes and i know that when i have an audible sigh it's like 
so relaxing. And there's a joke in my friend group that it's like, oh, there's the Leola sigh, or I did. <laughs> I Yeah. And so they call it that because it's just like you can hear me in the other room doing my sigh. So in the tantric space, <laughs> sound, breath, and movement are the three basic tools for moving emotion. And emotion is energy and motion. And we're often bottling up our emotions, right? Oh, yeah. And that bottling up creates dis-ease in our energetic body, which can manifest as physical disease. So when we're incorporating breath and sound by having an audible sigh, and you can even incorporate some movement in there if you're feeling worse, extra spicy, but you're actually allowing, you're, you're doing the opposite of bottling it up. You're allowing it to release and come to the surface. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just like it just feels good <sighs> and it does take getting over the like oh are people listening are they gonna think I'm weird or like you know when you're a little kid you naturally do these things kids are, are like so great at moving energy they're like throwing tantrums and they're laughing really loud and they're running yeah and they're over it <laughs> yeah and then they're and then they're over it and we tell them like be quiet shut up go to your room you're being too loud all of these things that then conditions them to not do the thing that helps them not become a mess as an adult. Yeah. And so that's a big inner child piece of like giving yourself permission to make the noises and to move your body and to trust. And that's, that's another big piece of the trusting yourself, mm -hmm. trusting your body that like, you know, you can, your, your body naturally will kind of get into the position that it needs to move that energy. But we often are, you know, moving around the world all like hunched over and contracted to protect ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so. And size get a bad rap, I think. Like, I feel yeah. like when I did in the past, my mother would say something like, you know, like, what? what's wrong? You know, yeah. something. And yeah. being able to, and now I'm, I was just kind of reflecting as you were saying that. And I was like, maybe that was emotions trying to move through me. That was yeah. some things like I was tired or, you know, whatever it is. And it's not always even negative emotions or low vibe right. emotions. It's also like, what about a sigh of, oh, what a day. We you do know? yoga too. Like you do it at the end of yoga and like, yeah, what a day. Yeah. Exactly. And and like, ooh, that was a great organ or whatever. <laughs> and if you're not honoring the joy and the pleasure in your life, well, you're closing off the air of that coming in. So honor it by making the sign. There you go. Leola, sigh it up. Indeed. <laughs> I'll get a little TM on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay, so what, do you have like some daily practices that are non-negotiable for you and what do those look like? That's a great question. So my non-negotiable is less about a strict regimen and more about creating you spaciousness. Say. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> creating spaciousness. Okay. So I used to be very didactic in my morning routine and sometimes I still go through a word. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I still go through phases where that makes sense for me. But what's more important to me is the masculine energy of creating the space and then allowing the feminine each day to decide, well, how do I want to fill up the space today that honors where I am in this moment? So most days I don't have anything on my schedule until noon. So my first, you know, four hours, five hours of the day, it's like, okay, do I need to move my body first thing? And do I want to make breakfast? You know, oftentimes I spend like 20 minutes in bed, just like staring at the ceiling, thinking about things. Great. Um, you know, maybe, I, maybe I'm feeling like I do need to meditate this morning or maybe I need to dance and get into my body. Or maybe I'm just like really excited about something for work and I'm feeling something flow through me and I want to have nothing on my calendar so that I can just honor that and honor whatever comes through. 
So my commitment or my routine is actually flow rather than structure. But I'm held by the structure of having the boundary of nothing before noon on most days. Nice. Yeah. It's a luxury too. Yeah. You know, or you've designed your life that way. I have. Like how can people, you know, if they desire that and they're listening and they're maybe like, I wish, you know, how can you design your life in that space? Create a life you love. Yeah. I mean, maybe you have kids though. That's a whole nother animal. But yeah, still, for me, uh, getting up earlier than them has been a huge thing, you know, to where I do have that spaciousness. That's part of why I have to like I have to get up before them or I have in the past. Now they don't get up to like 10. But um, but, you know, even on school yeah. days or something, I've just had to create that own space, that spaciousness for myself. Yeah, I'm really curious. So I'm in the pre like pre that part of like I'm, I'm planning on having children in the next few years okay and so it's very curious for me oh how what does the tantric lifestyle look like when the responsibilities have shifted and so it's really interesting to hear it's just more your growth. perspective on it's that just more growth yeah you know it really is and for me it was like shifting into um really appreciating the moment yeah rather than wishing it was you know, oh God, I wish I was alone or I wish I had time to yeah. myself, really appreciating the times that I was with them and appreciating the times that I wasn't. Cause I got divorced pretty early on from my first okay. daughter's husband. So yeah. I had, I had to like quit being stressed when I was with her and, you know, feeling guilty when I wasn't. And so mm-hmm. once I shifted that around, it, it led me into more of that present space. Nice. And I think that that's, that's part of it. Like, and appreciating, like now I'm teenagers and people will say, oh, oh God, that's so hard. Teenage girls or whatever. And I'm like, you know, no, it's a, it's a part of life and I get to be their mom right now. And I'm just going to value that. And yeah, yeah, sometimes it's a whole thing, you know, but, but I just still value it. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? We're all kind of assholes when we're teenagers sometimes, you know? Yeah. What great medicine for me? (laughs) It really does. And so I, I have a feeling that you'll, you'll lean into those like present moments, you know, and just and living life because of your training. Yeah. One thing. So I've also thought about how does this work evolve in other spaces and like birth, sound breath and movement is birth really. Mm. And so what is a tantric birth and what does it mean to be a tantra mama? And like <laughs> it gets to evolve in the different seasons of life and big time. Yeah. And then you, you think, what would this be like? And life will be like, oh, here you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> At least yeah. that's my experience. When I wonder, I'm like, oh God, okay. Well, I'm, I guess I was wondering that and now I know, you know, so yeah. All right. So let's talk as we're kind of wrapping up, I think we're at about an hour or so. And yeah. so is there is there something we didn't get to? Because I feel like I wanted to really highlight your like retreats and play parties and these community experiences. And like, because I feel that's so much of your focus right now. Yeah, it's it's just my favorite way to work, especially post pandemic. Like we've, we, I Gosh, think during, they, yeah, during the pandemic, we did so much work on ourselves a lot of us I did in this, you know, in in this internal space. And it's again, like, what's the next piece? It's integrating in community. And so stepping into these community spaces is so powerful mm-hmm. and transformative. Yeah. And, you know, seeing and hearing. I just got a message this morning from a woman that was at our retreat. And it was so interesting because during the retreat, she had moments where she was like, oh, well, that works for them. It's not going to work for me. And then she goes into her life and starts integrating it and is like, I want to shout from the rooftops this work, how much has changed my relationship to my femininity and seeing 
how in resistance I was to my life and to my partner and my like my orgasms are more intense and, and pleasurable and powerful and my relate my my friends are seeing me. She had two of her friends sign up this week because she was like just so overflowing about it. And so I just love this work so much. Um so yeah, we do we do retreats. Um <laughs> The Tantra Love Retreat is the one I was just speaking of. So that's for couples as well as singles and men. Okay. And it's all different relating styles are welcome. Everything's at choice. You feel super empowered. We talk about sovereignty and boundaries and even address groupthink on the first day. So it's like people feel really good about going to their edge and not crossing their boundary. So I love the Tantra Love Retreat. To me, it's like the best value to have a super juicy and transformative experience. It's in in September, it looks like. Yeah, we have one in September and then we also have one coming up in March. So we do those about two to three times a year. Cool. Tantra Love Retreat. And it's on a beautiful horse ranch here just outside of Austin. Mm -hmm. So there's like free range horses moving throughout the property. It's very glamping style. What does something like that cost? So for couples, it's six thousand. You okay. get a private little accommodation, or okay. include your accommodation. It's accommodation cool. and all food, yeah, nice. and all the all the experiences at the retreat as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then for singles, it ranges from twenty-two to twenty-eight, depending on if you're a man or woman or early bird as well. Ah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the Tantric Muse Retreat is just for women. Mm-hmm. And I'm facilitating that with my beautiful, gorgeous friend, Sophia. The one Is she the one you mentioned earlier? She's the one I mentioned. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And so that one's really about living a full fuck yes life. It's about really embodying the energy of the pleasure priestess, of the rebel queen, of stepping into your intuitive power your creatrix and inspiring others by just being your full self yeah is this the one in new orleans this is in new orleans oh shit that's cool it's like super luxe vibey it's also starts on friday the 13th in october (gasps) yes i've been wanting to do this retreat for years and it just like sophia came to me and she was like i want to do a retreat with you and I was like, all right, let's 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 talk about it. And then it just was it was perfect. It was all everything just fell into place. Aligned, it all aligned. So uh, and it's just for women. So it's a really cool. beautiful space to to step into the feminine. What's the can I ask you to like do people do you allow drinking or oh, uh, you special. know, substances? Like what because yeah. I know the play parties I've been to are like a strictly no. eros yeah. energy. Yes. So how we address this in all of the containers that I'm talking about here, both of these retreats as well as the play parties is, well, first of all, the retreats are are, are more restrictive in that we, okay, let's start at the broad. The broad spectrum is the play parties. We're a little bit more um, uh, allowing in those spaces. But what we say is like, we're doing a lot of screening beforehand mm-hmm. to really consider the vibration of people. And one of the factors that we're looking for for play parties is this element of self-awareness and sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So we want people to be in their sovereignty and we want people to be able to trust themselves if they want to have a microdose of mushrooms and they feel like they can be in their sacred guest or sacred no with that medicine. I want to be able to trust them. However, we very much say focus on the quality, not the quantity. And if anything is going to take you out of your heart space, then it's an immediate no. And if you're if you violate any of the agreements, which are, you know, there's a lot of agreements there that we mm-hmm. talk about you know, the opening of our play parties and it's a kind of a check mark that you have to mark on the application. If you violate any of that because you're under the influence of something, then you're immediately out and you're not really, you know, welcome mm-hmm. back in. With the uh, the Tantra Love Retreat, 
we really ask people to not be on um, any substances. However, if you want to bring a bottle of wine to have with dinner, we're we're very much a yes to that. We have a chef that um, used to work at French Laundry in wow. California. So she's like, yeah, five star, an amazing chef. Wow. The food is insane. And so if you want to have a glass of wine with your meal, to me, that's very tantric. It's like, I want to make love to life. I want to make love to this moment. But we're not going at it with the intention of getting wasted or anything like that. Yeah. So most people don't imbibe on anything. And then maybe a couple of couples will bring a bottle of wine and have a glass with their dinner. At the Tantric and Muse retreat, we're very much in the abundance and the excess. So when you arrive, we'll have champagne, mm-hmm. you know, and but it's but there's women that are coming that are sober as well. So it's like it's a it's very much a space of inclusivity. But it's also like understanding that something like wine and even plant medicines have been used for centuries and centuries and centuries for ritual and as a way intentionally to go deeper into an experience and sharing that communally can be a really powerful plant medicine. I think wine is a plant medicine in a way. I mean, it's uh, from grape. It does. <laughs> so it's all about intention as is everything with Tantra for us. Yes, cool. Yeah. Cool. I just thought that was worth addressing in case anybody's wondering because yeah. I've had conversations about, you know, sobriety, blah, blah, blah. So good. Very cool. And then you yeah. other really cool stuff. Yeah. I want to have one more thing. If that's okay. Of course. Pleasure is an altered state of consciousness as well. Mm. So when you recognize that pleasure is an altered state of consciousness, pleasure can be seen like a mind altering substances, substance like alcohol or plant medicine or MDMA or anything like that. So it's important to be aware that when you're incorporating alcohol or plant medicine into a play space, you're mixing medicines now Mm. and being very cautious of what that brings alive. And so when I go into a play space, I'm very, I'm very clear on what my yes and no is before I even step in to the container, whether I'm imbibing another medicine or not, because when you get into that altered state of consciousness, you make different choices. So I recommend before you go into the play space, know what your hard yes is and what your hard no is so that you're not clouded by the altered state of consciousness that is pleasure. You know, because there's that that's the shadow of the pleasure. And that's why a lot of people are afraid of pleasure because they don't trust themselves to ha- to honor that. Yes. Or well, well, yeah, that they're on their yes or no before they go in. But what if you get into that state of pleasure and then you're like, yes, I want more. I want to I change my mind. Yeah. Like, what do you do in that situation? So <laughs> I, and so and this is something that I work with with clients as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say we decide our boundaries before. And if you decide in the middle of a session or in the middle of you know, an interaction that you want to shift your boundary. Well, you can add boundaries today in the circumstance, but we cannot take away boundaries because if you end up like receding your boundary, then you might come back and then you don't trust yourself to uphold your boundaries in the future. Oh my God, so true. So you got to hold the boundary that time and then trust that you're not living in scarcity. There will be more experiences of connection with others and pleasure. And in the next time you can say, well, you know what? Now I feel comfortable to push that boundary or that edge. Now it's no longer a hard boundary for me. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It made me think of just a situation in my own life where I set a boundary and then I just got pressured into, yeah. you know, going past it. And then I was like kind of heartbroken for myself and I yeah. trust myself. And it was a big learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, how can I honor myself 
yeah. more. Oh, that's so smart because we're not living in scarcity. There will be more opportunities. Yes. And then next time you can say, oh, wow, that felt so good. I'm able to extend to yeah. extend my fence to the edge a little further. And you're so empowered in that. Oh, that's really, that's such good advice. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting about the self-trust piece of that. I really like it because I think that there can be a lot of the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you're in pleasure in the moment, you know? Yeah, your body's saying yes. Yeah. And that's where it's like, okay, am I with someone that's integrity? They're now coercing me, whether they realize it or not. And I think most of the time we're not intentionally coercing people. Mm -hmm. But that's really where you get into the the crunchy Me Too movement of, you know, they're not, it's not like, I'm I'm trying to cross your boundary necessarily, but also like, how can you be an empowered partner in that way? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you want to reiterate or anything that you, maybe we didn't get to today that you really wanted to talk about? I feel good. You do? Yeah, I feel really good. I feel good. Good. I'm so glad because I wanted to just you know, highlight the things that are very you and Thank just you. keep opening up this energy and Tantra and the growth that mm. can happen for people. So as we're closing, is there anything that you'd like to say? Thank you. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank you. And thank you to the listener, to opening mm. yourself up to these kind of taboo topics of spirituality and sex and pushing your edge, even just by like being present for a conversation. It's true. Complete. There's that conversation yeah. that can even be one of your options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, how can everyone access all of your offerings? What is the best way? I know you're at Talk Tantra to me on Instagram or Leola Talks Tantra, right? Yeah, my main. So okay, Leola Talks Tantra was my original account. Mm-hmm. And then I got locked out because that's what happens. Censorship. Yeah. <laughs> so now my main account is Talk Tantra to me. OK, so just kind of pivoted there. And mm-hmm. uh, I still post on Leola Talks Tantra, but that's my assistant that runs. OK, that I follow both. OK, so, great. Yeah. yeah. So Talk Tantra to me is the latest and the greatest. And TalkTantraToMe.com has all of the things. And the podcast is Talk Tantra to me as well. So any and everything really just and all your events are on there. It's a beautiful website. It's very easy to navigate. So thank you. Uh, yeah. So people can go there and check out these events because you have a like a clothing optional yoga coming up. I do. Yeah. Tantra yoga. I'm interested. You should come. I should come. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's very meditative, very yin style class, uh, very do white tantra yoga. Yeah, I have a 200-hour Tantra Yoga certification. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, good. What other certifications do I not know about that you have? I mean, (laughs) I've done lots of little things here and there with shamanic sexuality and Tantra and just like living your full yes and leadership trainings. And I'm always investing in like the next thing. Cool. Although I don't, this is like the one time where I don't have my next thing. Although I think I'm going to invest in uh, going deeper with a coach that I've been working with and just doing more one-on-one with her. Wow. But it, yeah. for what exactly? Um, she's really like focused on feminine leadership and leading mm. from your flow. And yeah, I'm to grow as a leader. Yeah. And she's someone that I, I choose my mentors based on like, do I want a little flavor of your life? Mm-hmm. And she has she's a new mom and is just like a powerhouse, but is also very like surrendered in it and and so again as I'm like okay I'm looking to how do I transition business and life and love 
into motherhood as well. So cool. Yeah. Excited to and I mean, you're entering your 30s soon. Yeah. So when's your birthday? December. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've got a little time. I do. I mean, it's a new decade. It is. I just always feel like I would be like, oh, you know, like summing up the old decade and then like stepping into the new yeah, figuring out what that means. It's a big year of celebration for sure. Yeah, for sure. 30s are the best, so they're great. I'm so, so excited. Oh my God, so good. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know, very, just like you feel very sexy. Yeah. At least I did. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all you're doing. Thank and you. thank you for showing up in person today and being open to this and all that you shared. I am just so excited to put more of your voice out in the world and do everything I can to support you and all the great work that you're doing and the way that you're helping people. Yeah. Thanks for having me on and having oh the combo. Yes. Such an honor. For sure. And everything is going to be in the show notes too. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to you again for being here. I agree with Leola. Thank you for being here because every time you do this, you like modeling to the universe that hey like I'm showing up for the next level like you know like I'm like expanding my comfort zone and when you share it with a friend I always say this like then you're having these conversations too about it you know and like opening each other up and and maybe even I don't know taking a audible sigh and figuring out what else you can voice because that's been a huge point of growth for me like being able to say things like there's um, I've made strides and you'd think I'd be good at it. But if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that I've had trouble, like especially in the sexual space, like voicing things. And so I've, the better I've got at that, it has spilled over into my life and made me a stronger person. So and a happier person and a more alive and in touch with myself person. And like orgasms are better. Like, I mean, for sure. So a lot of bennies, a lot of bennies around that. So thank you for being here. Remember that you can access everything at amyedwards.info, the newsletter, stay up to date and all the past shows and my courses and everything. So I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here till next time. That's over. This has been the Amy Edwards Show from Overcome Studios. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you so much for being here. Sign up for our newsletter at amyedwards.com.